0: And welcome back to Harry Potter in the Reread Podcast. I'm your host, David Jansen, and joined, as always, Kyle Jansen. Kyle, how are you? I'm good, David.
1: I have officially hit old man status, I think. Oh, no. Uh, I bought, or I should say we bought, Katrina and I, we bought a bird feeder. Our first bird feeder the other I mean day. mean
0: birds or regular birds?
1: Regular birds. Okay, not we, quite old.
0: Not quite old enough.
1: bought it for our cat. So the main purpose was we didn't necessarily want a bird feeder, but we wanted a bird feeder so that our cat had something to stare at for the past week. So that's been uh, interesting. I wasn't sure if any birds were going to come. We didn't know if they were getting like good tweeter reviews from, from the birds, but eventually now they're coming out in like full force. I've learned about a few birds that are in the area and I feel more knowledgeable about birds now than I did before. And You're the not cat getting
0: overrun also. by squirrels?
1: No, no. So we're on the the second floor here. Okay. So thankfully we haven't had any issues with squirrels yet. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some shifty ones that could work their way up there, but has not been an issue yet. So I'm glad for that. But I determined, er, discovered or discover that some birds are bullies and will scare the uh oh. the little birds away. So yeah, it's been a been an experience so
0: far. Yeah, I mean... Birdwatch. Uh, new hobby. Yeah, new hobby. I mean, we have some bird feeders. They don't have any bird seed in them, so birds don't come. Ah. Trying to grow some grass, which it's not going great, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Speaking of things that didn't go great, I did not enjoy the chapters we read this week. You didn't like them? No. So, I mean, I didn't hate them by any means that we're talking about Harry Potter, but like, in terms of every episode we've done so far, this is definitely the least interested i've been in the chapters and and more specifically the second chapter again it's my whole thoughts on on the second book are it's fine in comparison to these other ones and this these two chapters are sort of an illustration of that um and i'll talk more about why i wasn't like super jazzed about the second chapter when we get into it but I just like i don't know you can't see my facial expressions because this is a podcast but i was making a shoulder shrug hand gesture and i just i just uh didn't i didn't uh didn't jive here interesting um, yeah th- these two
1: chapters for reference chapter seven Bloods and murmurs and then chapter eight oh. the death day party I was kind of interested in reading a little bit more about the second chapter there because I didn't really recall it too much and then now I realize why I didn't recall it too much
0: <laughs> yeah that was sort of my thoughts going in and, and I didn't remember like not that I was not going to like particularly enjoy them I guess when we, we'll we get into it more and we'll see if this holds true when I was reading them I, I was sort of in like a weird mood um I don't know why I just was like oh I, I have to read these because I left this to the last minute to do the reading which maybe that contributed but I don't think so because I read them on Tuesday or this is a Thursday mm-hmm. I read them on Tuesday I didn't take any notes I just wanted to read them And then I went back and read them again. And even after I read them on Tuesday, like it wasn't the the note-taking part that was bothering me. It was like, oh, these are, eh, they're fine. They're fine. But we can get into it and we can see if I'm crazy or not. Let's start
1: uh, chapter seven. You can uh, begin with mudbloods and murmurs.
0: Right. So Harry is spending most of his time now trying to dodge Gilderoy, a.k.a. Glittery Lockhart. And he's he's pretty successful at that, but he has been less successful trying to dodge um, annoying first year Colin Creevey. Um He's always up in Harry's grill trying to, you know, make a friend. Harry doesn't want to be his friend. But Wood has decided that Gryffindor is going to start Quidditch practice. Um, he has a new practice routine that he wants to get started, and they're going to get up early, and they're going to practice more often and harder than they did the year before, because they want to avenge last year's results. And so that involves starting at the crack of dawn. So Harry heads off to practice, but somehow Colin is awake, and, and tracks him down and wants to know all about Quidditch so on his way Harry begrudgingly describes all the rules which ends up making him late to practice. Wood goes through some elaborate plans and by the time they're actually ready to start practice hours later uh, the Slytherins have showed up and are trying to uh, they have a note from Snape saying they can use part of the pitch because they have to train a new seeker who is Draco Malfoy and it also turns out that Malfoy's dad has bought the team all new brooms, Nimbus 2001s, which is the newer model of Harry's broom. Um, A bit of a pissing contest ensues, and eventually Hermione sort of makes a comment about how Gryffindor players didn't need to buy their way onto the team. And Malfoy replies, no one asked your opinion, you filthy little mudblood. And that sets everybody off. Ron tries to curse Malfoy, but because he has a broken wand, it backfires and he ends up cursing himself. Ron starts throwing up slugs, and so Hermione and Harry take him over to Hagrid's. As they get there, Lockhart is leaving, so they hide, and they overhear Lockhart telling Hagrid how to do his job, as is Lockhart's way. Hagrid starts to help Ron, and Harry tells him what happened, mentioning that Malfoy called Hermione a word he didn't know, but it must have been bad based on the reaction. Hagrid explains that mudblood, or dirty blood, refers to non-pureblood wizards, And they determine unfortunately that all Ron can do is wait it out. Hagrid starts to tease Harry about the signed photos that he he had heard about from Lockhart. Good natured ribbing. Professor McGonagall shows up and tells uh, Ron and Harry about their detentions for their pre-school year shenanigans. Ron is going to go to the trophy room and polish silver with Filch and Harry will go help Lockhart answer some fan mail. So it's uh That was going to be that night, and so that night, Harry heads off to help Lockhart, and it's a pretty excruciating uh, four hours for him as he just sort of listens to Lockhart drone on and on, occasionally offering a muttered reply. Towards the end of the, the four hours there, Harry begins to hear a voice saying, come, come to me, let me rip you, let me tear you, let me kill you, although in a um, much more sinister voice than I just read that quote. Lockhart did not hear the voice and just assumed that Harry was overtired. Harry heads back to the dormitory and Ron and him and he debriefs Ron on what he had heard and they try and figure out where the voice had come from.
1: Great. So that's that's the the recap, and I mean ultimately yeah, we, we, we focus on the two things that the chapter indicates, both mudbloods and then the murmurs that come from, from the walls here. I actually yes. just put that together. I was there like, what is. does the murmurs, murmurs stand for? But now uh, we know.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. I hadn't put that together either. Before we get into the topics, I had a thought about my original why I didn't enjoy these chapters as much. Okay. This chapter is the first chapter at Hogwarts. Like, So in that recap, I had like a one sentence that covered like six pages where Harry again explains Quidditch to Colin. And we just read the first book. So we knew all about Quidditch. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to any of our season one uh, podcasts, you know that uh, Quidditch is a hot topic, uh, especially the rules, which we then had all explained. So maybe it was that where I'm just like, I'm enough of these stupid rules there's yeah again
1: it, it's a lot of world building and a lot of setup for like someone who maybe just decided to skip the first book or maybe yeah. like maybe just going into it again
0: and that's interesting because I don't think that happens in going forward I think it's just no this book and the first book and this book was meant to like hey maybe you heard about Harry Potter but you don't want to go and read the first book for whatever reason or you maybe you just picked this up in a library and you didn't know there was a first book and, and here it is and so we will get away from that as we move forward in this book, but I feel like every chapter so far there's been a little bit of re explaining what happened. And this one it's the first time where I was just like, enough. I don't I don't need to. If I really if I'm this far into it, I'm in chapter seven and I feel like I'm missing something, I'm just gonna go read the first book. So I
1: know who Hagrid is, I know where his, his hut is on, on the grounds. I'm yeah, yeah, well familiar with the rules of Quidditch at this point. Exactly. So, so I yeah. think
0: maybe that was part of it here. But there was some interesting stuff that we can talk about, not the rules of Quidditch. We will not be discussing those. If you were planning on discussing it, uh, don't bring it up. (laughs) So what do we talk about? I don't even know. Usually we categorize what we're going to talk about, but my category for this one is just Malfoy slash Mudblood slash Ron's Curse. I don't know a good summarizing word here, (laughs) but so here's where I kind of want to start. Do you think, so what, they're what, 12 right now? They're 12 this year? Yeah. So 12, 11, 12, whatever. Do you think Malfoy understands the significance of what he's saying there? Or is he just a spoiled rich kid who knows that that's like an insulting word to say? Like when you're a kid and you find a swear word to say, but you don't actually know the meaning behind the swear the meaning.
1: word. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I feel like to an extent he knows that it is, but he's probably so deafened to what the the meaning actually is because i'm sure he hears it around his household and amongst like the people that his family associate with outside of the castle so i i think maybe deep down he does know that there is kind of that sinister that like really bad meaning to it and i don't think he's just saying it without understanding the context i agree because he he does say it for the purpose of of getting a rise and like it gets a huge rise out of everyone there from the Slytherins, I guess, being complicit and protecting him and the Gryffindors like really reacting to it.
0: Yeah, so so I agree. I think he understands what it means. I think he understands the power of What I don't think is I don't think the significance of why it is so bad really dawns on him because like you said, I'm sure it comes up in his house all the time. And you know what we know of his family is this is what they truly believe. And sometimes when you run into people who have these like out there beliefs, they just don't see it as wrong. So, but I agree. I, I don't think he's naive to what he's saying. So no. I, I was just curious if you thought maybe, maybe that would be the case.
1: No, I, I think he absolutely did know what he, what he was saying. And I mean, he, he went with it with a vengeance because ultimately like Hermione brought it out. Cause Hermione actually hit him a little I think her words were actually impacted him a little bit worse than her than the mudblood comment impacted Hermione Hermione of she course she was naive they, to it yeah yeah she was naive to it so she didn't quite understand what it was until it was explained right. later but everyone there could understand and could clearly see that Lucius Malfoy had bought his son's way onto the team through the brooms and deep down I think way it appeared that way. And I think maybe deep down Draco knew that a little bit. So he was worried she brought that up. Yeah.
0: Or was worried that that would be the appearance. Cause we know that actually Drake was a pretty good flyer. So he might've yeah. been well enough equipped to be on the team and he might've made the team. And then the dad was like, Oh great. Let me do this. But it doesn't look like that. And
1: definitely does. Draco's
0: not so. an idiot for, for anything that he is. He's certainly not an idiot and he knows that's how it looks. Um, so yeah, I agree. She's, she, she cut at him first and he came back, uh, the word I would use is over the top would be how he came back. Uh, Not an acceptable uh, way to go there with language. And I actually think how impactful and how terrible that word is, because to us, it's just a word that's made up. But Mm -hmm. I think a really good illustration of how impactful that word is in the context of the universe is Ron, who uh, the very beginning of the chapter, it, it talked about how he was really struggling in all his classes because of his broken wand. And he didn't care he knew that he can't do what he wants with his wand. And he's like, I'm still going out mouthwash here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously there's words that we can think of in like our context that have similar, uh, you know, similar notoriety. And I think that's what the, what's definitely trying to get across in, in, in this chapter to the, and that's interesting that you brought up that point about him deciding like to tell Draco to eat slugs and then eat slugs himself. Um, yeah, just the fact that he he felt like he had to do that still upon hearing that word. Yeah. I had kind of thought of it being like, "Oh, stupid Ron! Like, why would you use your 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 wand when you?" I mean, I did think know of it's it like clearly that not as working. well. But yeah, uh,
0: but he, he he didn't care. Yeah, it wasn't like he pulls his wand out. He knows he's been struggling to do magic. It's not like, oh, I don't know if it's hit or miss. It seems like it's pretty miss. It's <laughs> pretty like it's bad. worth the risk. The way you just. The way you just handled that situation, the way you spoke to my friend, it's worth the risk. Um, Yeah. I had a question about pure blood. I don't know if you know this answer, but, and this is is meant to illustrate how stupid it is to be obsessed with pure blood. And that can be translated to things in real life today.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, But so what happens? So, so the definition, right, of a pure blood is someone whose parents are both uh, wizards. Yeah. But what happens in the case of like Ron and Hermione, for example, they have children later on what is the status of their children are their children pure bloods because Hmm. if not and i would the 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 tone i get of it is that they wouldn't be considered because hermione like i don't even know what to consider hermione she's not a muggle she's not a half blood
1: she's still a witch but she comes from muggle background and so therefore yeah it's it's not pure so i I wouldn't say it's pure at all
0: right so then you end up with there can only be so, and, and Haggard explains this a little bit. Is if you don't start, you know, for lack of a better term, breeding with non-pure wizards, you're going to die out. Because I thought only, that was
1: really interesting, by the way. Like I, I didn't know about that, or the fact that they were like that <laughs> close to extinction, or whatever. Well, you well think call about it. it right? Like if the
0: only option is to breed with other purebred families. It's just going to turn into inbreeding, and yep. inbreeding is not healthy. Like it, regardless of magic status, like you and. And your um, options are just, they're, they're just they just, they can't get bigger. They can only get smaller just by how math works.
1: The whole Slytherin pure blood thing has like similar vibes to the, the Targaryen like pure blood yeah. type well, thing that they do too. Well,
0: Lindsay and I went on a trip to Mexico back when trips were allowed. We went to this remote town whose whole thing, the whole thing about this town is that their whole thing was keeping the Spanish blood strong. Hmm. And yeah, there was a lot of inbreeding in this town and let me tell you it's a very tiny town because if that's your requirements you're just going to run out of other options so it's true it's it's interesting about how naive a view it is to think like that and i just think it's sort of a way for somebody to just assume they're better than somebody else for for no real reason
1: yeah I think that's ultimately what it is is it's It's like a a class type thing where ultimately you see yourself being better because of your background and differentiating yeah. yourself without actually understanding or There's or nothing, appreciating yeah. the diversity of it all and how you kind of need that diverse look and that diverse group of people to actually thrive in in any society really so yeah
0: uh anything else on on that subject it's a little really the the, the most fun subject to talk about
1: the the two key things was like the the mudblood comment ron slugging himself there i mean even when we get to the end like with the the detention i guess like ultimately like i could think like if there's a person that you really despise and don't want to be around and then you're forced to be able to, to have to spend like four hours with them in a room alone you see that being like a pretty well, cruel and infuriating detention yeah. to have
0: so, to go through. So which through. detention do you think was worse? Um, don't answer just yet. Sorry. I'll Let me okay. oh, let me outline the detentions in a bit more detail for the listener. So Ron had to go with Filch and he had to publish the trophies in the silver and he was still throwing up slugs at the time and he ended up throwing up slugs all over them and then having to redo it. So his essentially is like physical exertion.
1: With cleaning. no magic. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, no magic. So Harry had to go... And just hang out with someone who drove him insane. So Ron's is like a physical punishment, Harry's is like a mental endurance punishment.
1: I'd rather take the physical punishment, I think, than the mental endurance of that, of having to deal with that for I would go the
0: other way. I think hours. Ron's I think Ron's was worse because A, he was like sick from being sick. So like he's pretty weak, and then he was making himself redo work, which is gonna be frustrating. That and, part's frustrating, yeah. And I don't know. Harry was being a bit of a baby, if you ask me. That's like the easiest detention anyone's ever got. Remember, last time they had detention, he almost died because he went into the <laughs> forest trying to find unicorns. So, okay, you got to hang out with someone you don't like who it's actually not even that bad in, in like comparison to some of these types of situations because Lockhart just talked the whole time and Harry didn't even really have to answer. He just had to be That's there. That's the thing. It's yeah. With, like, it's certainly those... boring, but I don't, I don't know that it's so bad
1: with those types of like people that are so into themselves, you yeah. don't even really have to have a conversation. You just have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh,
0: and Walker uh-huh. like loves Harry. So it's not even like, I don't know. I, to me, I just think Ron was a bit, they, not, I'm not signing up for either of those situations, but I think uh, it would be easier to endure Harry's, you know, I, you I think like, I'd
1: still rather take a, the, the physical aspect of it. Yeah. It does suck. I, I guess that's they the both thing. Suck. I like, mean, they're I to be throwing up slugs,
0: but I will say, Um, in terms of school administrators and what appropriate detentions are, they nailed it here. Last time, bad. This time, much better. This
1: time they figured it out. Yeah, a little bit more normal, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the other thing from the chapter is we heard Harry hearing voices, and we might be talking about this a bit too soon. This might be more, might have been better at the end of the next chapter, but here we are. Um, I think Harry should have told someone. Like, this feels like the number one lesson Harry should have taken away from book one is when you're thinking about these types of things of, like, could something be going wrong? Like, is there a plot going on? And we already know about Dobie and, like, the the, uh, the train station. Like, maybe tell someone. Like, what is the worst that is going to happen? I guess, like, the equivalent. I, I don't know. Like...
1: I guess when you start talking about hearing voices, like if you do that in the muggle world, then you're going in for like schizophrenia checks and mental health crisis and that type of thing. So I don't, I don't know if it's as normal to, to hear voices no, and that's in, fair. in the wizarding
0: world. And, and, and I think there's a quote, it might be from the movie. We'll see if it shows up in the book where Hermione says something along the lines of, even in the wizarding world, hearing voices is never that's good. Right. Yeah. And that's fair. That's fair. But he is not a normal wizard in the wizarding world. And I just think... He should like the big takeaway from book 1 should have been I am capable and then the really follow up second thing should have been maybe don't keep all these things to myself especially when I have access to Dumbledore but just tell him just tell him That's what's so up big. just say hey I don't know if I'm going crazy or not but these three things happened and then I'm hearing voices in the walls especially and again this is why we might be a bit too soon is like especially after years he it the second time
1: mhm yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Especially like, yeah, Dumbledore, he's learned to, to trust and Dumbledore's learned to trust him. Like right. There should have been that ability to to have that conversation, which didn't happen. Right,
0: so I guess that uh, might have been what didn't make sense in this chapter. I and feel like we'll be,
1: we'll 80, that's 80% of like the book as well. as like, well, yeah. Harry would have just told someone. It man. maybe
0: wouldn't have been so bad.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: well, um, Anything from this chapter you didn't remember?
1: Um again just some some small things at this point but um I thought it was kind of funny that Hagrid was like really ribbon uh ribbing I like that harry yeah. a lot and saying that even Ginny had stopped by so like even, she, even might like a, she might
0: like a signed photo
1: yeah exactly so even like hagrid's in on the jokes and stuff there too so i thought that that was, i just i enjoyed that i did too. and then also that lockhart was the only person to apply for the defense against the dark Arts that was interesting job. yeah so i thought that that was interesting that that was well, brought up because they were like how is he qualified and it's like well you can be qualified or why would dumbledore hire him i think right. that was it right that was
0: the comment yeah and he was yeah. the only one and, and that is interesting because it just, I mean, well, again, we're going to have our defense against the dark arts conversations after the end of each book here, but we talked about this, I think about like, there's no way Dumbledore doesn't understand that he's useless. So, but got to have somebody, I guess, technically you got to have somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, although maybe that's debatable at this point. <laughs> I, I didn't remember the extent of Colin Creevy's obsession. Yeah. I remember, he's, he's
1: obsessed. It's annoying.
0: Yeah. And and I didn't remember Harry being as dismissive of him as he is. Mm-hmm. I just kind of glossed over it, but it's there. And, you know, it's fine. He, he Here's a muggle, Colin, or a previous muggle. Again, I don't know what you call wizards who were muggles that are no longer muggles. We should see if there's a word for that. Um, but here's like the most famous wizard, and, and he's accessible to you because you're both in Gryffindor, and he's just trying to... Trying to find his way in the wizarding world, and Harry's kind of being a dick.
1: But I don't. I don't think Harry's being a dick. I think Harry's tried to be like short. I don't know. Colin's he not didn't picking start up out on it. The, Colin's he didn't not st- picking out uh, up on there. The it signals. is.
0: He, yeah, he didn't start out dismissive, but he's trying to. He's tired of it, which he's is enough. Yeah. yeah, uh I had nothing else from this chapter. Anything else from you?
1: No, that was it. uh If I would want to get into what doesn't make sense, I know you said you don't want. Oh, to I skipped that. Bordish. Oh my goodness. Oh, no well, that's fine
0: yeah uh to me i did have something that didn't make sense i did which was well. i don't understand how melfoy didn't get in trouble um because it wasn't like he called hermione and mudblood and no one was there there's like 17 yeah, people there would
1: there. have been gryffindor pete yeah no and that's very slithers, true and like again well the slytherins were kind of complicit
0: yeah maybe but would they have been so complicit if they were one-on-one with someone asking did it happen i don't know yeah Again, I don't want to. I don't want to write all Slytherins off. So I, I don't know how Malfoy didn't get in trouble for that. But I guess nobody told on him. So you I'm don't Haggard want to write knew. off. All Again, Hagrid S- knew. So
1: that's true. Yeah. You don't want to write off all Slytherins because your wife to be is a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's fair. Um, what what didn't make sense to you? I mean, I, I, outside I, of anything we would previously mentioned here.
1: I know you don't want to talk about quit but I have to. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. In in the description there like uh Wood is, Wood is very like obsessed with having this new training program because they need to win the Quidditch Cup this year. Yeah. And again it, yeah it gets into a lot of like the the backstory again from last year and what happened and how Harry didn't play in in the final game because why why did he not play in the final uh, he game? He was right? unconscious. He was unconscious, and he feels bad or guilty about that. Which, like, dude, you're unconscious. That's no. I mean, your... that's fair. That's fair. I think that's a fair feeling. But anyway, so what what is described here is that as since he missed the game, Gryffindor suffered their worst defeat in 300 years without Harry as the seeker. So there's two things here.
0: Why was there no backup seeker?
1: Well, not only that, well, I but guess there could have been and he just sucked. Harry. Harry is supposed to be the youngest seeker in a hundred years and everyone makes a big deal out of it. I feel like if Gryffindor suffered their worst defeat in 300 years, that's a bigger deal than a first year player being part of a team.
0: Well, it just means that the team, like how bad did, does the rest of the team suck?
1: Well, that's the other part because it also doesn't make sense because it's not Harry's fault that they lost by over 300 points. It would be the chaser's fault and the blood and the, because they would have had to keep the game close still to be able to score points. It, it didn't say
0: three hundred points, but uh three hundred years. But it doesn't but matter because even, it just means how stupid that. this sport is. If it like if the whole if the six other players don't impact and it's just the one and it and like wood and the you're right, wood and the chasers are so bad that they have their worst defeat because they didn't catch the snitch, like, okay. It wasn't Harry's fault then. I imagine that's, that's teams the team lose I imagine teams lose all the time by 150 points or more because the other team catches a snitch. So exactly. how bad was it? Like how yeah. bad was it? Yeah. And how
1: little of that was Harry's fault. hundred because... percent of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. what didn't make sense to me. That's fair. I glossed
0: over that because I didn't want to consume more quidditch rules when I was reading. Uh I did have a cool quote this time, though. Okay. In this I just like the descriptiveness of this quote. And this is from Harry when he is with Lockhart doing the fan mail just before. It's the description of the voice that he hears.
1: <laughs> I have that as well.
0: It was a voice, a voice to chill the bone marrow, a voice of breathtaking ice cold venom. Mm-hmm. And I just like, oh, yeah, that's that's not how I read it. That's not when I read the quote. That's not what I sounded like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's what. uh that's a very. I just like the descriptiveness of that quote.
1: The descriptiveness, and then also just kind of the foreshadowing of it as well, relating it to the venom. So, yeah.
0: That's, oh, that's clever. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's clever. yeah. So I, I really I like that quote as well. the The only, or I don't know if you had any others, but no, I just kind just of had like some some fun ones, basically okay. more so just about Hagrid because he had a lot of. He really came through this chapter he did. like. It, you know, it, it, talking about Lockhart, if if one of it, if one word of it is true, I'll eat my kettle, talking about all of his experience, <laughs> just stuff like that. And, and then his support for Hermione is after she just got called a mudblood, like, and they haven't invented a spell that our Hermione can't do. And yep. you can tell that, that genuinely means a lot to to Hermione as
0: well. Yeah, no, I, I, so, I mean, spoiler, it's not even spoilers, we can just go right there. Hagrid's my most valuable play, character this time. Um he just, yeah, he just started. He was good comic relief. He took care of Ron. He made Hermione feel better. You know, he was doing some sneaky magic on the side to grow some pumpkins. And my favorite part of this entire chapter was just how he was teasing Harry about the signed photos and the and Ginny. I thought that was all quite entertaining.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I didn't even have any other options nope, that I either. I really considered. Um, and I imagine and we're I agree gonna, for those reasons.
0: I imagine we're going to line up pretty easy on least valuable as well. Uh,
1: maybe
0: i'm with malfoy because i don't think i don't know how like choosing to use that word i think i can't i don't even i can't even finish the sentence i just think that there's no yeah there's nothing around that i i, I agree with
1: you like i mean i had a couple of other options that i want to talk about ultimately sure. it it is malfoy in yeah. the end because of that comment but yeah I I considered Oliver Wood because he's a really (laughs) bad coach and a really bad leader and apparently a terrible player (laughs) because anytime that you want to like start a new like training program or new strategies, like, I don't know, the the only sport that I've really played recently of like any you know structure and and is ultimate and i I picture you not waking everyone up at six in the morning to be like let's review these really complex things without anyone
0: heads up uh, beforehand
1: yeah so i don't know i just i kind of he didn't really set his team up for success there and then also i added in colin for just being (laughs) annoying
0: yeah colin's just being annoying yeah but it's Malfoy. like it's It's malfoy Yeah. yeah Those are good. In any other chapter, those would have been fun debates, but it's, it's just Malfoy. In fact, yeah. I had already, uh, I had already um, filled out our little spreadsheet in advance. <laughs> um, but I, I realized that I actually filled out it incorrectly because I selected Lucius Malfoy instead of Draco. If you wanted to go outside the box, you could vote you could. for Lucius Malfoy for being that influence on Draco. But let's... Yeah
1: speaking of the brooms that letty bought well you sp- spoke about him which brought brings up the brooms and it made me wonder another quidditch thought but shouldn't all brooms that players play with in quidditch shouldn't they be like approved is it really fair that one team has more advanced brooms Than other like I feel like that takes away from the integrity of the game I think of like an illegal curve on a hockey stick or even like curling where they actually are literally using brooms and the broom head has to be made of a specific fabric so that it doesn't influence the path of the rock
0: yes that's interesting so hmm, my initial thought is is yes but no and let me see if I can walk you through this because my initial thought went to actually baseball um and baseball gloves which is a very individual, sorry, I I forgot to fill you in on a key piece of my theory here. My initial thought was, why doesn't everyone have to use the same broom? Um, Mm -hmm. And then I thought maybe you could have a different broom per position. But then I thought, okay, baseball gloves or soccer cleats. Like, There's so many different kinds and so many different people like a different type of soccer cleat, for example, for different reasons, the width, the cushion, where the cleats are. And then I thought, well, I guess brooms are probably like flying brooms are probably similar, but it might, a broom might do something for you because, you know, I'm taller than you. So maybe I need a broom that handles a taller. So I guess then there's all these different um, variables that might make you choose one broom over another. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, now you're allowing different brooms and then, okay, this is just the newest broom. and, And unfortunately the newest stuff is usually better. And like, are you gonna punish people for having access to it? I don't know. Is the school supposed to have like a broom shed where you go and pick what's from the school? But then again, you might be then forced to choose what the best option of a poor selection is. And I don't know. I, I, think, I, I think I fall with, if you're gonna let, if it's not gonna be a standardized broom for everybody, you probably just have to let them have what they, whatever they want. And unfortunately, for the non-Slytherins in this scenario, the Slytherins have access to better stuff here. I, I disagree.
1: I think ultimately, a broom is different than like a glove or a skate or a cleat that you might wear because, like, none of those things actually enhance your performance necessarily. Whereas the broom. That. The broom that you're, well, like a cleat, for example, that's not going to ultimately change your performance in the end. A
0: a cleat that suits you does. So we can go back to ultimate, for example, I have to have a cleat that has a cleat at the very front of the toe. Otherwise, the way I pivot, I slide. If I don't have a toe cleat, I slide too much. And then I end up like overstrained. Is it going to make a huge difference? No. No. Is a broom going to have more of an impact? Absolutely. So maybe a better tool is like a baseball bat. Um, In professional baseball, there are rules around the bat. Mm -hmm. They can only be like, they have to be made of wood. They can't have cork inside. The difference between the length and the weight has to be within a certain limit. But there's nothing that says you can't use an ash bat instead of using a maple bat. Like, and I just, I don't know. And then here's the other thing is... Unless it's all, unless it's, so I, I think if you're going all identical, you're going all identical and then it doesn't matter. But if they're not going to be all identical and there's like someone, maybe somebody can make their own broom and like, I don't know.
1: I think ultimately there has to be like, a there would have to be a regulation in place where it has to maybe go from a threshold of like this amount of speed to this amount of speed, but it cannot exceed this amount or yeah, within these other regulations. There should
0: be some rules, but I guess there's always going to be the best broom and the best broom is always going to cost the most it will and are, and are but you at all, what
1: are, point does that ruin the integrity of the game
0: this is a stupid game there's no <laughs> integrity to it um i i see what you're saying i don't disagree i don't disagree with the philosophy i just am not sure how they'd enforce it in a way that that is I gonna just, make I, it worthwhile
1: i come with it with such a a curling focused background of course I mean,
0: and a, like a curling broom if we're talking about a that like it's not even though they're both brooms, the, the way they're used is so it's it's so. not
1: even about the broom. It's not about what it's made out of. It could be made out of carbon fiber, wood, it, it doesn't matter. It's what you're it's the fabric or, or it's what it's the you're performance using. statistics
0: that they provide, right? Yeah. And and you're right, in curling, you they can only use ones that provide X. And here it does seem like that there's no we don't know about the regulations, obviously, in, in detail. And you do you are right. It does seem like you can just make a better, faster broom, but I do think at some point you're always going to be able to make a better, faster broom that fits within the the rules, and then that better, faster broom is always going to cost more.
1: Yeah, because think it's always of going yeah. to advance.
0: Yeah, technology's fun was, that way.
1: Well, yeah, that's it. Always changes the sport. I mean, you we see that constantly. Rule changes being brought in for for one reason or another due to whatever latest performance can be yeah. brought out of either a piece of equipment or, or what even an athlete can, can physically do. So yeah, I just thought it was interesting because it, it really drew like a scope of between the, the, these new brooms compared to like what the Weasleys were using, for example. And I'm thinking like, how
0: fair is that? It's not fair. It's just, is it supposed to be, I guess, is the question. And I would I guess in this scenario I'd probably argue on it it's not as though only the Slytherins had access to those brooms. If the Weasleys had wandered into a whole bunch of gold, like they would be allowed to buy them as well. It's just they can't afford it. Harry could probably buy them. Yeah. I mean, he's got all that money. I don't know why he didn't yes. just uh Or
1: they can just conjure one up, right? Because why not? Why why not? not?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, we, we talked about this a lot more than I thought. That's okay. That was fun. <laughs> Anything um, else from this chapter? No,
0: that's it for this chapter. All right. That chapter was, I don't know. Again, it's a lot of like world building or, or recapping it in case you, you weren't there the first time. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the mudblood stuff, which it's not the end of that discussion. That'll come up again uh, in this chapter, even.
1: Yeah, we hear that word again. Um, chapter eight, the death day party. So, uh this starts off the it, we're getting further along into the school year at this point the The weather's getting colder on campus uh The days are mostly filled with like kids getting colds now uh continuous quidditch practices and hagrid's continued to use magic on his pumpkins and they're now the the size of small sheds that are that are being grown by him uh harry he runs into nearly headless Nick uh one of the ghosts who clearly really bothered about not being accepted into the headless hunt which is a, a group of ghosts with with no heads so despite him being hit in the neck 45 times with a blunt axe upon his death his his neck didn't completely detach it's hanging on by an inch so he's technically not headless and is not able to to join this group uh, so while they're out there though he's interrupted by mrs norris who is uh, Filch's cat, Filch of course being the the, the caretaker, and uh Nick tells Harry that he better get out of there quick because he's dripping mud all over the hallways and Filch is in already in a bad mood from cleaning up all day. Too late though as uh Filch finds Harry and he escorts him down to his office to write him up only for Peeves the poltergeist to start making a racket outside. So this uh, causes Filch to rush outside to, to try and track down, uh, track down peeves. So Harry's alone in, in Filch's office and he discovers this envelope on the table saying uh, they're called Beginner's Guide to Magic. So he looks through the contents and it becomes clearly evident that Filch is reading this Beginner's Guide to Magic and, and learning the very basics of, of uh, using magic. Filch comes back. Uh, Harry puts down the envelope really quickly, but Filch realizes that it's placed a little bit further away than what it originally was. So he's feeling a lot of anger, a lot of shame, and tells Harry to get out of there so that he can write Peeves up. Um, Harry leaves. Nick comes back and asks him if his plan worked, and Nick reveals that he had convinced Peeves to cause some trouble to save Harry. And basically get him out of there. So Nick invites uh, Harry, Ron and Hermione to his 500th death day party, which is occurring on Halloween. And he wants Harry there because he wants to ask, uh, he wants Harry to tell the head, the leader of the Headless Huntmen that uh, Nick is both frightening and impressive and maybe try and convince him those words. Exactly. Frightening and and impressive. So he wants to essentially have Harry vouch for him and hopefully that he can get into the headless hunt. So the day of the party arrives and Harry's starting to have second thoughts about going down there for this death day party, because there's all this amazing food and decorations and entertainment that's set up at the main feast in the great hall. But uh, her promise is a promise so they show up to the dungeon there's hundreds of ghosts around tons of gloomy looking candles an orchestra that sounds like nails on a chalkboard um, and just tons of rotten food around because apparently ghosts can taste it if it's really strong and rotten apparently. Um, Hermione, though, in particular, she wants to avoid a ghost named Moaning Myrtle, um, reveals that she's always in, in the first floor washroom and always crying and moaning and everyone avoids it because they don't want to be near her. Uh, Peeves is around though, and he overhears them talking about her and then calls Myrtle over. So Hermione tries to cover up that she was talking behind her back, but then starts wailing about them making fun of her and takes off from the dungeon the uh, headless hunt arrive and they take over the party and they're mocking nick about his nearly headless state and harry tells their leader that he thinks nick is fascinating and scary but it doesn't work so nick tries to give a speech for the party but the headless hunt have taken over they're playing like croquet or polo with their heads on horses and everyone's more interested in them than nick They leave the party, and this is when Harry starts to hear voices again, so he's convinced that whatever it is, it's ready to kill. Uh, He leads them through the castle to a corridor where they find written on the wall, The Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. Uh, Mrs. Norris is hanging from her tail on a torch bracket on the wall, and she's completely stiff and petrified. And this is when students start coming back down the corridor from the feast in the Great Hall. And they see the three of them there with the message and the cat. Malfoy pushes his way to the front. And he seems rather pleased with the message, saying that mudbloods will be next. So there it is. There it is again, that word.
0: (laughs) I meant there it is the end of the chapter, but yeah, there it is again. Yeah, that too.
1: Um, Yeah, again, it's kind of a... This chapter, you just get kind of introduced to new people. I had kind of forgotten that uh, we get introduced to Moaning Myrtle. This That was way. what I
0: hadn't remembered too. Actually, is that yeah, M- Mortal was here, and we didn't just run into her later. Um, well, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about some of the things that happened, and we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know that we have much to say here. Um, so the party, the party's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts on the party are: if ghosts can just go wherever they want, and they can come from other places, why are all these ghosts hanging out at the school? <laughs> <laughs> why do you want to hang out here i don't know it's not
1: like they have a job like professor no. bids where they no. have to be there yeah, yeah. I, no,
0: i'm not a, that's a rhetorical question i don't i don't expect you to have a reasonable answer it's not actually don't. go somewhere more fun
1: yeah um go we'll scare some people
0: yeah it, My my other only other really thought here was nick was so excited that they came but he couldn't have like had anything for the living people that he invited to his party that's a little bit inconsiderate bad yes, party me.
1: planning i yep. mean he might well i mean he should know that living people don't want to eat rotten food he,
0: he mentioned it specifically when they were talking about in the invitation um Did he? Ali. he mentioned that like you probably want to go to the feasts and harry was like oh, uh, yeah but i also think like the the kids probably attended that party incorrectly just sort of do a stop by uh will <laughs> old... get the whole yeah he's pretty fearsome and impressive And then get out of there and get back to the feast. So I think all in all, a total disaster.
1: Acknowledge the host that you were there. Make make your appearance. Have a few little conversations and head out. I think, yeah, they did spend a little bit too long there. It'd be crushing for Nick to be there. And, like, you're expecting to have, like, your moment. And and I'm assuming a 500th death day is impressive. I don't know. Everyone's going to have a 500th death day. Because it's not like you, everyone's going to reach that milestone eventually. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you have a death day party every year or do you just have it Probably on like, not. The Probably not. Probably just after the big ones, would, one. 500,
0: Like 1, 5, 10, 50, 100, 200. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been dead. Tough to say. The, the
1: food thing was interesting about how like if they walk through the food and it's rotten, they actually get a sense of the taste of it or something like that. I think like they that. said
0: almost. So like maybe I wasn't almost. even sure if that was like real. Yeah. I don't know. Just it seemed like that's not a place for the living and that's okay. Your ghost, no. Have your ghost events. Don't, don't try and force your ghosts or don't try and um, uh, impress your ghost events on, on the non-ghosts. Why, why do you think Nick
1: decided to invite Harry? Is it because he, he sees cloak. Harry? It, it, he, he wanted the cloak from Harry, but here's think the thing. So. If you've been dead for 500 years, these people aren't aware of Harry Potter. Does Harry Potter have clout with ghosts?
0: It's <laughs> a great question. Uh, look, it was a poorly planned party, poorly executed, <laughs> Didn't seem like anybody had fun. Why did you invite people who clearly don't want to be your friend? Well, that's exactly it too. Yeah. And again, it's not his first death day party. 500.
1: He's probably been trying to get into the headless hunt for 500 years. That's a cruel existence. As I'm thinking here,
0: spoiler, I had Nick as my MVP of this chapter. No, I'm taking that away. (laughs) He's just too much. And if we skip ahead to what doesn't make sense, you either are headless or you're not. Why are you trying to convince yourself for 500 years that you could be part of this club that has one requirement that your head comes off so you can do it to do the events. It's not even like the requirement is you wear a red shirt because we do red shirt things. No, it's like you can either do this or you can't. He's he's out. He's out to lunch, man.
1: What's what's the Einstein quote? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. For 500 years. Yeah. 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 I mean that was my what doesn't make sense point essentially is like does does Harry have clout? Because it doesn't make sense to me that like he yeah. would have any value no, of being of being able to like endorse Nick to to be part of it. Like yeah. Harry Harry's twelve years old. The yeah. the headless hunt has been around for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years.
0: Or if not, longer. If not um, longer. The other thing, obviously, that happened in this chapter is we get the chamber of secret message being opened. Um, this sort of also felt, we're all over the place in this, uh, in our normal <sighs> strategy, but that's okay. Uh, uh, why would you announce your plan to murder people? <laughs> I never thought about that. Like this is a, this is a, a, this is a thought I had after I had finished making my notes on this chapter was, wait a second. The whole thing is you announced that there's this secret chamber that first off, no one believes exists. So now mm-hmm. you're saying it does now, whether they believe it or not, but like they weren't going to think about it. You could just start killing people, and no one would know. No one would know Chamber why, because nobody believed in it. That's so true. Just maybe, don't tell people about your plan.
1: If that was never put on the wall, then Harry would have never known about it, and never would have. Yeah, no, you would have. Without known. this message, I guess he did want to lure Harry. He wants to lure Harry
0: in, right? Like that's the only thing not, that I could think maybe, of. maybe. But without this message, he could have done a lot of uh a lot of killing. A lot of killing before, and then put the message up. It just seems like a terrible plan. Um, yeah, that's my only thought on the Chamber of Secrets message is that what a dumb idea.
1: Yep. No, that's that's absolutely fair. Um, you want to go... <laughs> We're jumping around. Uh,
0: we yeah. Are... That, did you have anything else you didn't remember from this chapter other than Myrtle? That was my only real thing.
1: Yeah, really? Just being introduced to Myrtle was, yep. was the only thing. And then,
0: uh, yeah, no, that was it. Okay. So I, the only other thing I had that didn't make sense that we hadn't already talked about is... If you're Filch and you're that embarrassed about not being a wizard and trying this quick spell when you have put it in a more secure space, (laughs) not to leave it on like your desk or like easily viewable from a drawer. I just,
1: I guess. Yeah. The only, like, I mean, it sounded like he spent a day, like the entire day cleaning up. There's a bigger description in the book about him cleaning up like rat intestines and all these ghost things. So he clearly had a bad day. I don't know if he was like reading it at the time and Mm -hmm. then, and and forgot and forgot it was there okay okay that's that's the only thing oh that's fair you're right it did sound like he was having midst of it and then then i kind of got flustered yeah yeah, that and then yeah i thought it was kind of interesting too that even like this portion was brought up because like obviously these past two chapters are a lot about like pure blood versus muggle born and that type of thing so it's kind of interesting when we meet filch who. And we learn now that he's what is called a squib in the wizarding world and that he's a magic folk. Well, he's born of wizarding parents, but he can't do magic. So it kind of just juxtaposes like that muggle born wizard and showing that like even magic born people aren't necessarily as pure as what they think they are. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's more to that or not, or if they touch on this at all a little bit more or if it was just brought in as like a little thing or not, but. Yeah, I don't know, thought that was interesting.
0: Anything else on this chapter? I'll let you go first because I have one thing that I think will will sort of finish us off. Um, we rag
1: on the magic world for for not really having their society together, but they would have been great to have during the COVID times, or maybe just met, met Madame Pomfrey because yeah. she has yeah. a potion that can instantly cure a cold, and the only side effect is is just having a little bit of steam from yep. your ears. And I'm sure you personally would have rather have had that than like your second dose knockout that occurred. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure.
1: <laughs> that's, I think that's about it for, for me from from this chapter here. I mean, okay. basically, we, we, yeah, we have a party.
0: We learn that the Chamber of Secrets is opened and that's about it. Okay, so this is why I think I really didn't enjoy this chapter. The only point of this chapter is to show the passage of time between the first time he hears voices and the second time. Mm-hmm. Nothing else in this chapter is important. So in the movie, we don't even see this we don't, and they no. just blend these two times together. He sees this message after leaving leaving Lockhart's office. They're like, this is stupid. What a waste of time. Boom. And I agree with movie creator. The only thing that I was thinking, and I can't, I can't find an example. So I'm going to see if you can think of anything. Is is there some foreshadowing in this chapter that I just missed? And I don't think so because it's mostly just talking about this stupid death day Party.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see any. I don't see any foreshadowing. I think yeah. like the key things from this chapter were to get up across that Filch, it, it, that there are people who are wizard born that can't do magic. Okay, I I,
0: I, I think that that's there for for purpose. Well, well that, was my, that was one of my that was one of my questions. I was going to ask you like, do we care that? Filch is a squib. Like, does that come back? But, but I think I, could, I don't know if it comes back. But, but, but you no, know, your view on it I think is very important, and I hadn't considered that. Which is, we talked about mudbloods, quote unquote mudbloods of magic people who come from non magic. But just because you have pure blood doesn't mean it's going to produce a wizard. So I think that contrast is very important. So we do care about squib uh, about yep. Filch being a squib. So okay. But I don't I actually think, care that much, and you could have thrown that in literally any chapter. I, I think that, and then
1: I just think the introduction of Myrtle, like it, that that Death Day party, it wasn't about Nick. That's the least important thing there, and yeah. the struggles of being part of the the Headless Hunt. It's the fact that we get introduced to Myrtle yeah. because they we they did, build we up to? that character. I think in a book you can. Yeah, I guess you have. To,
0: I guess you have the. Did you need to know? Could you? Yes, that's fair. And it could I have been maybe, done another way, but. I thought maybe the purpose was like maybe trying to get us acquainted to nick because nick eventually is gonna get attacked by the uh basilisk that's another and, thing and they yeah. have been and they have been doing that a little bit of like okay we have that herbology lesson with justin and then we the dueling club is gonna deal with justin yeah so like we're acquainted with justin and then he gets petrified and then we
1: meet colin and we are meeting camera. colin and the
0: camp so like we're getting so it's not just like randoms so mm-hmm. we have like some and i guess okay But we're already acquainted with him from the first book. I just, I don't know. To be reintroduced. Yeah, Yeah. I just just didn't, this chapter didn't do it for me. And so as of that, I'm taking a harsher read on on some of these things for sure. It just didn't do it for me. And that's okay. It didn't do it for me in such a way that I actually couldn't even find a single quote to write down.
1: (laughs) I, Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't say I struggle, but there was really only one that stood out to me and I kind of laughed at it. It was when the ghost opens the mouth and walks through the food and then it's, can you taste it if you walk through it? Harry asked almost the ghost yeah, said sadly, and he drifted away. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know what? Sadly drifting away is what I want to do to this chapter.
1: Yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's see. So,
0: like I said, I was going to do Nick for
1: my MVP, It's kind of funny. I I had him in my uh, in my list here as well as a candidate. But the more we talk about it,
0: he's my LVP for this chapter. He just Ah. didn't do. He just didn't do anything for me. Like, and the poor planning and just the obsession over something you just can't have. Like, I I feel bad that you wanted to be headless and your head got chopped fifty times and they didn't make it through. But you're not. You're just not. And I think five hundred years is enough time to have come to acceptance with that. So I'm going, Nick. You just gotta, I guess not grow up, but die up and, and find a nearly headless, start your own nearly headless club. There must be other nearly headless clubs.
1: There's club. gotta be. Yeah, yeah. If not, he could, and he could be the OG, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I had put him in and like I considered him MVP because like he, he does save he Harry did, from the trouble. He did get, and we and have that, to remember that.
0: And he, I started there. And then I, as we're just going through it, I'm like, no. Got nothing yeah. for
1: you i mean like yeah i thought like oh he's genuinely excited about like his party and then i kind of felt bad for him because I the did. headless hunt took over that so i think that's i think it was pity almost that it put was him in there.
0: it was and then i was thinking as we were talking through like why did you even invite those people to your party yeah. uh
1: i i think though for my lvp I, I was considering draco but i'm gonna go with sir patrick who is the leader of the headless yeah, hunt fair. because he was he, he was he was he sucks he was a dick to to
0: Nick yeah, plus, and yeah, yeah. so I, I went with him for that. That's fair.
1: I, I'm going to go th-
0: blank on MVP because even like the main characters, Harry was trying to back out of his <laughs> promise to go to the party. Ron didn't really have anything good to add. Hermione was pretty rude about Myrtle behind her back. There's nothing here for me.
1: <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with you. I was originally going to go with Hermione, but then I re- I'm reading my wording here, and it's Hermione for making sure that Harry keeps his word, and then subpoint. But she also wasn't nice to Myrtle and lied to her. So, yeah,
0: so it's, it's all around. <laughs> it's all around it Ash. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that chapter and uh, not our favorite, but that's okay because not everything is going to be uh, uh, a nice uh, walk in the park here. It's kind of fun to have a negative view on a chapter. We haven't had that yet. So, well, yeah, I mean, like, we'll yeah, yeah, I feel it like it happens she, again
1: in the first book we were like every chapter's awesome It yeah. really built up we're not we're not at that point there's a lot of setup at this point so we'll we'll see i think uh in these next two chapters yeah, next week we might get a little bit more
0: yeah next week we got the writing on the wall which i think is going to d- dig us into the message that maybe should or should not have been written on that wall but something to dig into and then we're going to hit the rogue bludger which is a fun chapter because more quidditch the, yeah but the playing of quidditch is okay because you at that point you have to get past the rules um, and there's some fun stuff that happens there. So we'll be back next week to uh, chat about those and I think we'll have a more upbeat – I'll probably have a more upbeat opinion and I don't know. This was kind of fun to have a, da- a downbeat opinion on –
1: even like even if it's downbeat, like we've had good discussion yeah. today. We we discussed the the rules and regulations of Quidditch, we got into a lot of the buildup of, of the book and why things happened in these chapters that happened, even if we didn't necessarily agree with it. Um yeah, and if you if you agree with us or you have some other thoughts on, on it as well, uh you can reach out to us on Instagram at Harry Potter Reread Podcast. Also send us an email, harrypotterrereadpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. We'll be back. We're available on all the podcast places. I'm David. And that was Kyle. Bye.